you join me today in Daniel the third chapter? Daniel the third chapter. And we're going to begin today at the 14th verse. And I promise I won't be long today because we do want to make the lunchtime special. Amen. Uh, uh, Daniel the third chapter. Beginning at the 14th verse. When you have it, could you just say amen? Amen. Daniel the third chapter, beginning at the 14th verse, it reads like this. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up. Now if ye be ready, at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, of the flute, of the harp, of the sackbut, of the psaltery, and of the dulcimer, and all kinds of music. Ye fall down and worship the image which I have made. It's well. But if ye worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful how to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. I want to pull for a subject today out of that 18th verse, if you would just go back there and look at that. But if not... Be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Would you look at somebody today and just repeat the subject that we're going to talk about for the next few moments? Just say, neighbor, I'll take the heat. Look at somebody else in here and say with some conviction and some assurance in here, say, neighbor, I'll take the heat. I'll take the heat. Put your hands together. Give God a hand clap of praise. That's what we want to talk about this morning. I'll take the heat. I'll take the heat. My brothers and sisters in Christ, as I reflect on the temperature that I have found myself contained in lately, I have come to experientially recognize one thing. Standing at the gas pump at 5.30 in the morning was no joke this past week. I don't know about anybody else in here that, that might have had to be subjected to the cold. Maybe it was just me, but, but standing outside at 5.30 in the morning pumping gas was not exactly my favorite activity to do this week. Uh, getting in the car after waking up so early in the morning and, and, and getting in there and seeing that the needle in my car was on E, was in the red zone, bothered me because I wasn't able to just conveniently be able to take off and go about my way and get to work on time. But I had to stop and I had to pull over and go into the gas station. I wonder how many people in here when, when it's cold outside, all you really want, all you really desire, all you really require is just for the heat to come up in your car. Y'all not talking back to me like we didn't have a blizzard yesterday. And, 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 and I'm willing to deal with those subtle moments of discomfort. I'm, I'm willing to deal with the subtle moments of displeasure. I'm willing to deal with the subtle moments of dissatisfaction because I understand that those moments are just that. They're moments. And that in just a few more moments, if I can make it around the corner to the gas station that I have that the heat that I need is going to come up. 
And automatically, everything that I need, everything I will have, everything I'll be able to obtain. And I know that that sounds like a good place to shout right about there. You may even be twisted about where I'm going with this message. But I really want to emphasize what we're willing to go through to get the comforts that we desire. It's amazing what we'll do for what we feel that we need. Until you recognize that what you need is based on the climate around you. Until you recognize that, that, that the desire is only a seasonal, sensational satisfaction because the truth of the matter is, is that the cold won't last forever. You, 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 you won't always wake up to a cold car. You won't always wake up to cold situations. I don't hear anybody talking back to me. The truth of the matter is, is that we as human beings are prone to adapt to our environments. If I was Jamaican, they would say, you know, we, we, we like to, to follow fashion. We like to follow fashion. When, when the weather is cold, we will bring out our Tims, and when the weather is nice, we'll bring out our Jays, and we adapt to environments because the one thing that we do not want to be is uncomfortable. Mm, we never want to be in a position that feels and seems out of place or out of order or out of style. And so we pay attention to the forecast of the day so that we're not caught out of place. We can dress ourselves according to the day that we find ourselves in. I'm going to preach. I'll just stick with me. And, and what's concerning to me about this concept of adaptability is that the same way that we adapt ourselves for comfort in the natural, some of us, we make compromises for the spiritual based on the environment that we find ourselves in. Y'all not talking that to me. We, 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 we all know how to love Jesus real well right here at 311 North Main Street. We all know how to dance. We all know how to shout. We all know how to speak in tongues. But I wonder what happens when we're out of the environment that is comfortable and we found ourselves into places that are taboo and contrary to that that is comfortable with us. What happens when we're in the mall on Saturday mornings? And, and what happens when we're at school during the week? What, what happens when we're at work during the day? What happens when we're around those that don't necessarily believe everything that we believe? I'm concerned that we're quick to become mute and muffled and more mindful of how we're seen before people rather than how we represent Jesus Christ in our daily lives. Mm, it's all right. I'm going to go somewhere here. Uh, uh, that somehow or another we have found ourselves in love with Jesus Christ conditionally. Mm. I love Jesus as long as I don't seem weird around my friends. I, I love Jesus as long as I'm not contained or called to be out a, a, a religious guy. I love Jesus as long as I can still do what I want to do. Then, 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 then I'm willing to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, but it's only conditional. And it's with this mentality that we find ourselves little by little packing our bags of faith and relocating to a comfortable city called compromise. Somebody say compromise. A place where, where, where we're molded by the wave of the day rather than being agents of change and ambassadors of change. A place where we have become thermometers instead of thermostats. A place that, that God has never intended for this generation to find themselves. We weren't called to blend. We were called to blind the darkness. Mm. God said in his word, uh, but ye are 
a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. And what is the reason why God made us this way? Why, why would God give us these distinctions that he put upon those who he has called out? What is it that God is trying or, or expecting for us to do? To show forth the praises of him who has called us outside of the realm of darkness into his marvelous life. We are supposed to be different. We are supposed to bring about change. We are supposed to be set apart. And I just wonder if there's anybody in here this morning that would understand that my actions and my attitudes and my assignments cannot be altered because of the environment that I find myself in. But that I have to make a decision inside of my heart and in my mind and in my soul that for Christ I will live and for Christ I will take the heat. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, take the heat, take, take the heat, take the heat, take the heat, take the heat. Well, what is it, Brother Brett, if we're not talking about temperature what is it that you're alluding to when you when you speak about heat the word heat can be used to mean trouble or an intense set of scenarios that could get you into trouble a scenario like conform or, or, or confronting a bully after uh, your sixth period lunch i don't know if there's anybody in here that has ever had to have a confrontation with anybody but but that kind of scenario is a heaty like scenario because you don't know the outcome of it before you get into it you're just stepping into it in other words, heat is when we don't agree with something that is done or said, and it will often, we will often have to make the choice to oppose the will of other people. We will stand up and, and, and we will fight for what we believe is right. We will be firm in our position and our stance. This, this kind of uh, uh, endurance, this kind of, 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 of grabbing onto the reins of taking the heat reminds me a lot of like our very own... Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who was a leading voice in the civil rights movement, who understood that there was a need at a specific time and in a specific place for opposition. He understood that there was a need for trouble. And he also understood that not all trouble is bad trouble, but some trouble is needed in order to cause change. Is there anybody in here who was called to be an agent of change and understands that just because you want change doesn't mean that you're going to be subverted by the troubles that may come upon you? I wonder if there's anybody in here that is willing to take heat. Change is often, often meant, met with a great sense of friction because you have to understand that when, when two things are colliding against one another, there's, there's a lot of heat that's met in the middle. Change isn't always comfortable for everybody. Trying to shift something that seems to have a great amount of momentum into a different direction can cause a lot of heat and friction. And where's this friction? You'll find uncomfortability. But leaders and agents of change understand that regardless of the troubles and the trials and the tribulations that we encounter, you understand that your stance and your position is necessary for the changes you want to see. Look at somebody in here just one more time and just say, neighbor, neighbor. I'll take the heat. I'll take the heat. Let, let me get to the body of this here. I've got to get ready to go because we, 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 we got to get to the lunch special, like I said. And, and, and just in like in our text today, you, you will find the story of three Hebrew boys who had to make a choice whether or not they were willing to take some heat. 
The Bible says in the first chapter of Daniel that, that these three Hebrew boys that you would know better as a Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, uh, they were boys that had no blemish. They were boys who were skillful in all wisdom. They were cunning in knowledge. They, they had an understanding of science. These were boys who were reputable. These were boys who, who were pedigree. These were boys who, who, who had a, a certain amount of appeal to them. They weren't just rag boys, but they were boys that, that, that had greatness inside of them. The Bible says that they were good-looking boys, almost as good as looking as me. Almost, almost, almost. Not, 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 not entirely, but almost as good-looking as me. And they were intellectual, and they loved God. Is there any young people in here today that love God? I just want to know if there's anybody here whose heart really loved God. Uh, they loved God so much that they were unwilling, after being brought into a foreign land, the foreign land of Babylon, to defile themselves with the foreign meat and drink of the king's table. I tried not to talk about food today, Bobby. I tried not to. I was studying. I was trying not to talk about it. But in the text, I, I can remember that, 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 that they, they, they were rejecting a certain type of food. They were rejecting a certain type of food because they understood that it would, it, would, it would malnourish them, that it wouldn't necessarily be beneficial to them. And I just want to take two seconds. I'm going to get back to being spiritual, but can I be real, real quickly? Uh, I want you to understand that we are what we eat. We are what we consume. We are products of what we consume. Do you want to know why this generation is so perverted? Do, do, do you really want to know why this whole generation is so perverted? Look at everything that we're consuming. Everything that we see, everything that we listen to has a sexual undertone to it. The music that we listen to, the shows that we watch, the places that we go. Do you want to know why this generation is so disrespectful? Look at what's being poured into us in the songs. Look at, look at what we're seeing in the media. Look at what we're scrolling down on Instagram. It's what we're consuming that is corrupting our very diet and making us other than what God would have us to be. And so, because society is feeding us all this stuff, we are slowly but surely drifting away from the plan and the purpose and the intention that God had for this generation's lives. But these boys didn't defile themselves with the king's table. And the Bible says that because they didn't do this, they came out better looking than all of the other children that were being raised up to serve in the king's courts. And I want somebody in here to recognize that you should not be ashamed and you should not be afraid to do something different just because it goes against the grain of the trends that everything that is going on. Uh, your friends may be doing some things, they may be consuming some things, they may be going some places, they may be uh, having activities that are other than what God has called you to do, but you have to understand your chosen generation. You're peculiar people. You're, you were called to be different. You were called to stand out. You were called to be set on the side. Mm. They were better because they followed God. They were promoted as leaders because they followed God. But following God, as, as our pastor has always taught us, doesn't always necessarily lead you only into green pastures. 
Following after God doesn't guarantee that everything in your life is going to be rosy and, and with tulips and sweet-smelling savors. Uh, there are some parts about following God that might get a little bit uncomfortable. But the problem with us as, as conditional Christians is that as long as we are promoted and as long as all of our relationships are good and as long as it doesn't seem to cost me anything that I hold near and dear to my heart, I'm willing to follow after God. When it comes to carrying the cross, when it comes to the crossroads of life, Jesus said that if any man would truly want to come after me, you must first deny yourself, pick up your cross, and come after, and that, and that's that's where we have the problem in this generation because we 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 are so unwilling to deal with the contrary and with the tribulation that comes with going after God for real, because our dedication in carrying the cross leads directly into trouble. But I want you to understand that it's in the trouble where your relationship with God is truly proven to be legitimate. The quality of your relationship with Christ is proven. The, 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 the love that you have is demonstrated and your ability and your choice to do what God says to do. I'm on my way out of here. I got to go. The trouble in the story with King Nebuchadnezzar as he was over Babylon is that King Nebuchadnezzar set up a golden image. He set up something that everybody was assigned to bow down to. And Daniel, the third chapter, second verse, you'll read there, it says, Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent to gather the princes and the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all of the rulers of the provinces to come up to a dedication of an image which Nebuchadnezzar, the king, had set up. Then the princes and the governors and the captains and the judges, the treasurers and the counselors and the sheriffs and all of the rulers of the provinces were gathered together onto the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar, the king, had set up. And they stood before that image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And as I was reading this in the text, I, I began to have some questions. I began to ask, why did he gather all of these important people? Why did he gather all of these people that seemed to have titles and prominence and, and, and people that seemed to have uh, uh, positions? And the Lord really had to show me because they were the people that had influence over the rest of the people in the land. Y'all didn't hear what I said. I, I said, they were the people that had influence over all of the rest of the people in the land. They were the people that everybody followed on Instagram. They were the people that everybody followed on TikTok. They were the people that everybody followed on YouTube. They were the ones who held a certain power of influence. And whatever the leader did, they would follow. I want to know today, what are you following? What, 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 what is it that you find yourself subscribed to that is not like God? What, what, what is it that you daily check and that you're feeding inside of your spiritual diet that, that, that does not necessarily push you closer to God but further away from him? What, what is it that you're consuming 
all of the hours of the day, you go back and you check your script. What is it that you're pouring into your eye gate and your ear gates? Hmm. Verse 4 says, then a herald cried aloud and gave a commandment as to what these people should do before this golden image. He says, to you it's commanded, O people, O nations and languages, that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, and the dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you should fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoso falleth not down and worship the same hour should be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. I want you to understand that they didn't choose sounds that people were not familiar with. Oh, yeah, I wish y'all would talk back to me. Act like you know what the sound of the day is. They didn't choose sounds that people, they knew what a flute sounded like. They knew what a sultry sounded like. They know what the salt, what the, what the dulcimer sounded like. These were familiar sounds. They were not foreign sounds. These are sounds that people have heard. And now there's an action attached to the sound that when they should hear the sound of all this kind of music, that they should fall down on their knees and ascribe worship to something that is other than Jehovah God. What is the sound in this day that we're hearing, generation? What, what, what is the sound that we're hearing in this day that, that is persuading us and, and deterring us away from the sound? The Bible says that my sheep know my voice. And a strength that they, they're not going to follow. But we have, we have lost vantage point. We have lost our, 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 our ear. I wonder if it was willingly. I wonder, I wonder if we dropped it based on the influences that we follow in this day. And so, when the sound was heard, the instruction and the activity was to bow down and worship. The word that was used in this text for worship is to lay prostrate, to pay special honor, to, to reverence. I wonder what it is in this generation that we're reverencing more than we reverence God. What, we ha what have we allowed to take place in our hearts and in our minds that is not like God? But if you keep reading the story, you, you, you will understand that there were three Hebrew boys. Is that what it says? That there were three Hebrew boys who had to make a, just a choice and make a decision that because they loved God so much, that I'm not going to do what everybody else does. That I'm not going to follow after the trend of the day. I'm so dedicated to God that, 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 that I have to make a decision whether to be validated by people and by the kings or to stand right with God. I got to close. I got to close. These, these, these young men who, who understood science would understand what would happen to their bodies if they were thrown into a fiery furnace. They would understand that they would be completely consumed. This was a choice between life or death. Either we bow and become a slave to these trends of the day or we stand for the truth that endures to each generation. And they decided that I will take the heat. And so they made a choice that we're not going 
to bow down and ascribe worship to an idol when our hearts had already been sold out to God? Is there anybody in this house this morning that has a heart that's sold out to God? Is there anybody in here that woke up this morning and, and you still made Jesus your choice? I, I, I want to know if, if there's a generation that's among this congregation that, 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 that still says that uh, for God I live and, and for God I'll die. Uh, and so... If we keep reading the story in the text, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, when he heard the news that these three Hebrew boys had made a choice against his will, he said, I'm, I, I want you to bring these three boys into my presence. And I'm going to give them one more chance and I want you to bring that flute player. And, and I want you to bring that dulcimer. And I, I want you to bring that sultry. And I, I want you to bring that harp. Because we're getting ready to have a concert in here. We're getting ready to release a sound again. And, and when they came in there, uh, Nebuchadnezzar asked them the question. He, he said, boys, young boys, young boys who I have set up over the provinces of Babylon, young boys who I have given position and prominence young boys who I have made greater than anybody else that's around them young boys is it true that you won't bow to the image that I've made I wonder is it true that after the respect that I've put on you that you would turn back around and disrespect me and, and, and the boys had to stand there and keep their posture. Can I go back and tell you parenthetically that, that sometimes the enemy allows certain opportunities for you to recant your stance, for you to be able to bow down to the pressures, for you to fall into peer pressure, for you to be able to do what the world does. He will present the opportunities. He will tempt you with the right people. He'll show up in the best of flavors and he'll make you understand that there are some things that you think that you want, but I want you to understand that there has to be a stance inside of you that says that I will bless the Lord and no other God. My heart belongs to God. My mind belongs to God. My will belongs to God. I wonder if there's anybody in this generation that still says that my heart belongs to God. And, and so the boy says, oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, we don't even have to think about your offer. We, we don't even have to sit here and weigh in the balance which one is greater for us to do. We're not even careful how we answer you, oh king. Mm, I feel like preaching in this place this morning. We're not, I wonder if there's anybody this morning who is so for God that you're not even worried about the response that you have to give to your friends who decide to turn their back on you because you won't smoke a little weed and because you won't just have a little sex and because you won't walk in the way that they, I wonder if there's anybody in here this morning that, that seems to have a made 
up mind. Uh, the boy said, uh, we are not careful how we answer you. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, I want you to understand that you, you come against the wrong thing. You said, who is that God that should be able to deliver us out of your hand? Do you know the God that brought me where I am? Do you know the God that walked me from every single moment, every single point, every single place in my life to where I am? I understand that it's because of the Lord that I live and that I move and that I, you can't tempt me. You can't tempt me with your offers and you can't turn me against my love because I'm too deep in a relationship with him. I've seen him come through too many times in my life. I've seen him deliver me too many times in my life. He's spoken to me in the lowest part of my life and now where I stand at a pivotal place, in a place where I have to make choices, in a place where I have to make decisions, you are not even an option that's on my table. I want to know if there's anybody in here that understands that the options of the enemy ain't even on your table but that you understand that God is always going to be my option God is always going to be my first love God is always going to be the one that I choose mm. let me preach because we're getting out of here we're not careful how we answer you okay Our God is able to deliver us from your hand. But the point that I want to get to is the verse that, that, that is our subject verse today. But if not, I said, but if not, but if not, we will not bow to the image that you've made. I'm closing, I'm closing, I'm closing. Mm. Uh, we won't bow to the image that you've made. Mm. Nebuchadnezzar felt disrespected. This is where the rubber hits the road. When you finally make up in your mind that I'm not playing with the enemy anymore. When you finally make up in your mind that, that this is going to be my permanent stance. Nebuchadnezzar said, all right, turn up the heat. I want you to get the strong soldiers and, and I want you to bound up these boys and, and I want you to cast them into the midst of the fiery furnace. They seem to have made their decision. They seem to pledge their allegiance. And I guess they're not any longer on my side. And so they were bound together and, and thrown into a, a fiery situation. Young people, can I tell you this morning that standing up for God may put you in some fiery situations. Uh, you might deal with some rejection. You might even deal with some retaliation. But I want you to understand one thing, uh, that I'd rather be in the fire with Jesus uh, than be outside of the fire 
with the world because I understand that the track record of Jesus is greater than anything that anybody else can do for me. You weren't there when I was crying my tears in the midnight hour and you weren't there when I didn't have provision and you weren't there when I did not know how I was going to make it out of dark and desperate situations but turn to somebody in this house and say but God who was on my side never left me never forsook me I have a testimony and I know that he'll come through I know that no matter where I find myself whether I go through the fire or whether I go through the floods I know that God will be right there look at somebody and say neighbor he'll be there I don't have to question God's faithfulness towards me because new mercies I see every single morning I've seen the character of God I've seen that God is consistently faithful and so there's no situation there's nothing hot enough there's nothing hard enough that I can find myself in that God is not willing to take me out of for God is not unfaithful who won't make a way out of escape even in the middle of my trial even in the middle of my tribulation and so the boys were thrown in the midst of the fire and they heated the fire up seven times seven but but the fire was heated up seven times more than it already was hot and I want you to understand there that they were the Bible says that they were bound about with their coats and with their hats they didn't change their apparel but they were cast into the fire just as they were would you look at somebody and say neighbor you can take the fire just as you are just in your belief just in your faith just in your trust just in your faithfulness just in your obedience you can take any situation because when we stand on the side of God he will stand with us and so they were down in the midst of the fire and it says there in the Bible that the soldiers the soldiers that were the ones that were strong the ones that came against the little boys and bound them up and put them in the fire that they died at the heat of the fire but the boys were laying down on the inside of it preacher can you tell me how is it that three little boys who have just a little bit of faith can withstand heat that the soldiers couldn't withstand lord have mercy it's because they had a god on their side i'm just trying to hone in a point here this morning you need god on your side you can endure pain if you have god on your side and so king nebuchadnezzar he looked down in the fire and he saw that there wasn't only shadrach meshach and abednego but he saw that there was one more person even in the midst of their pain even in the midst of what he thought was a bad decision even in the middle of what looked like a life costing situation he saw the son of man and they were walking around in the fire with the three hebrew boys I want you to understand this morning generation that choosing God doesn't stop your mobility. Choosing God won't make you stagnant. Choosing God won't make you complacent. I know it may seem like your friends are progressing. I know it may seem like they're doing great and mighty things. But I want you to understand that those things are going to be short-lived if they don't have God on their side. If they don't trust in the Lord with all of their heart and lean not to their own understanding. They won't have the wisdom to be able to be guided through their situations. And so these
those boys that trusted in the Lord were walking around in their problem, were walking around in their heat, were walking around in their situation, and the Bible says that they were not harmed, and they didn't even smell like the smell of fire. I got to close right now and put down this microphone. Little somebody say, neighbor, I'll take the heat. When the time gets hard on me, I'll decide to take the heat. When it looks like there are pressures all around, I'll take the heat. I would rather be with Jesus than outside of his will, than in the plan of the enemy, than in the hands of the enemy. I decide today that I will give my life over to Jesus. He's able to keep me. He's able to walk with me. He's able to talk with me. He's able to remind me that I'm not by myself. Is there anybody in here that can look up and down your row and say, neighbor, I'll take the heat. I don't care how hot it gets. I will not bow and I will not bend. I will not break and I will not fall because God will upkeep me with his spirit. Little somebody say, neighbor, I will I'll trust in the Lord. I'll trust in the Lord. You're not talking to somebody in here that has a testimony. I want you to look to the other side of you and say, neighbor, did you hear what I said? I'll make my decision right here and now. I will let the enemy know that you have no power over me, that you cannot influence me, that you cannot tempt me because I've already made my choice. I'll take the heat. I'll walk in the fire alongside my Jesus. Somebody give God praise. Yes. Yes. I decided many years ago that I would make Jesus my choice and he's never failed me. Justin, he's never let me go. Doubt every time I called on him, he showed up on my behalf. Elder Fisher, I don't know any other help outside of Jesus. His name is the name of power. His name is the name of authority. His name pushes every demon back. It pushes every spirit back. It pushes every single plane of the enemy out of the way. And I'm able to walk in victory because of the name of Jesus. I want to know if there's anybody in here that has ever called on the name of Jesus. I'm going to give you about one opportunity right here because you might be in the middle of some fiery situations. You might be in the middle of some trying situations. I want you to open up your mouth and call Jesus. Jesus. Call him, call him, call him. Everybody's standing. Jesus, Jesus, 
your minds will call him. If you're gonna call him, your minds will call him. Don't play around with it. That name has power. That name has authority. That name is power. That name is strength. That name is healing. That name is deliverance. That name is salvation. That name is power. That name is authority. Hear me, old generation. We're living in a day where the waves of life are moving so quickly. What was truth yesterday is not truth today. Everything is readily changing. But we that have been called out, we that have been selected by God, his chosen generation, his royal priesthood, his peculiar people, we have the responsibility not to change. Because what happens at the end of that story is, is what's really powerful, that after they came out of the fiery furnace, King Nebuchadnezzar, the one that the one that was infuriated, the one that that felt disrespected because the three Hebrew boys decided to choose Jesus over him, saw that there was a God that was really on their side. And he began to say, Blessed is that God, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he called for a decree that nobody should, should speak against that God, the real God, the living God, don't you understand that you taking the heat will impact people around you? Don't you understand that some have to be crucified and others to live? You have to understand that where you are in this generation, in this time, is so important because there are lives that are looking at you as representatives of God to see how you deal with pressures in life, to see whether or not there's a difference between you and the world. Yeah, you may be called names. Yeah, you may be kicked out of certain social circles. But, but I want to assure you and I want to remind you that those same people that may discount you, that may look at you like you're funny, that may look at, wait until they get themselves in some trouble, hear me. And the same people will be calling on you, asking you to pray for them. Asking, who is that God that, that, that helps you every single time you find yourself in situations and trials? Who is the same God that, I want to know that God. But there has to be a difference. There can't be, as my brother uh, McReynolds said, there can't be any shades of gray. I can't be black and white. I have to make my election sure. I close with this. They bowed at the sound of the music. 
Pastor McClurkin, this past week, uh, as I was leaving the sanctuary on Thursday, I, I had my AirPods with me, and I was going out into the, into the parking lot getting in the car, and, and I dropped my AirPod case as I was getting in the vehicle, and one of my AirPods fell out. Now, the problem with AirPods, if, if you don't have both of them, they, they don't have the same effect in sound because they're noise-canceling. I wish somebody talked to me. I got to hurry up. They're noise-canceling. I only had one pod, and so I was able to hear the music that I wanted to hear, but I also had to hear the world, too. But I had to make the choice that regardless of the fact that I dropped that AirPod, I, I wanted to be diligent enough to go and pick that AirPod back up again. I had to go and search and, and look in all the cracks or crevices. I thought maybe I left it in the car. Maybe I left it in my room. Maybe I don't know where it was. I thought that I had it when I was here at the church. And, 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 and I said to myself, let me go back down to the church. So I drove all the way back down here on Friday morning. And when I pulled into the parking lot, just where I dropped the AirPod, it was sitting there unharmed ready for my use. And I say that to say this is that some of us today as we're in the sanctuary might be a customer, might be listening to do two different sounds. You might have your AirPod in on one side, but the other side, you're still listening to the world. You're still listening to the sound of the trends and of the fashion and of the followings that are going on out there. But I want to, I want to, I want to let you know you're not getting the full experience that God intended for you to get. There's supposed to be a plug that, that keeps you locked into the certain sound. The sound that gives you direction, the sound that gives you peace, the sound that lets you know that everything is going to be okay. Everybody's standing in here today. I, I think that I accomplished the assignment that, that God gave me today. To remind the young believers to make the right choice, to decide to take the heat, to decide to stand in the gap as a champion for this generation. I wonder if there's anybody in this house today that says, you know, Brother Brett, I, I've, been, I've been making the wrong choices. I find myself in trends that God isn't pleased with, that, that I'm not even pleased with. I don't even like the things that I'm told to do. I just do them because everybody else is doing it. I just do it so I don't seem awkward. I just do it, but that's not liberating. And that's not life, and that's not what God has intended for me. I want to get my other AirPod back today. I, I want my, I want my, my, my sound to be right. I want to be listening to the right thing. I want to, I want to have the sound that will take me further into my future and into my purpose. I don't want to be just a casualty. I want to be everything that God has called me to be. With every head bowed and every eye closed today. That may be you. Can I let you know honestly and transparently it was me. There was a time in my life when I wanted to do what everybody else wanted to do because it was lonely on this side sometimes. People weren't calling for me to be there for certain hangouts, certain parties. But I wanna, I wanna get back in line with God because I understand that where I am right now 
is not beneficial to where I'm going. If there's anybody in this house today that says, Brother Brett, I, I want to make the choice in my life to choose Jesus Christ. I want to get back into a real relationship with him. I want to walk alongside him. I'm dealing with some fires in my life and, and I understand just as you said that I, I'm only able to take it if I have him on my side, if I have him with me, if I have his assurance, if I have his love, if I have his support, if I have his embrace. If there's anybody in this house today that is making the decision that I'm willing to take the heat, I'm, I'm willing to be where God is. I just want you to gently raise that hand in here. Nobody's looking at you. I just want you to gently be honest with yourself, introspectively analyze. I need Jesus in my life. Is there one in here today? Is there one in here today that says, Brother Brett, I feel distant from him. I don't feel like I'm in his presence. Maybe you're watching by live stream today and, and you feel as though you're in a place of compromise, that you're in that gray area, that you're not all the way black, but you're not all the way white. And you say, Brett, I, I, I'm willing to lay everything down to get back into a right relationship with Jesus Christ. Would you just lift your hands and hear everybody? Can we pray together real quickly, even for those that are watching by live stream? Would you repeat after me and just say, Father, I love you and I need you. And today, I want to make you my choice. Father, wash me, cleanse me, change the sound. I want to hear you. I want to follow you. I want to trust in you. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, Father, I thank you for all of those that prayed this prayer today, Lord. I pray that out of the sincerity of their heart that they are calling out to you, Lord, broken, Lord God, needing of repair, Lord. I pray that you would put these pots back on the potter's wheel, Lord. Shape them, make them, mold them into everything that you have called for them to be. Father, I pray that you would not allow them to fall prey to the trends of this day. I pray, Father, that you would make them the peculiar people in the royal priesthood, the, the sons and the daughters that you have called for them to be. In this day, Lord, raise up your remnant, Father. Raise up your remnant. Raise up those that will still wave the bloodstained banner, that will still proclaim that there's one God, one name, one that is worthy of all of our praise. To this, come on, everybody, put your hands together and give God a clap of praise. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I thank God for this wonderful opportunity to be able to drop this word into your spirits. And I pray generation, hear me, my brothers, my sisters, even in the days ahead of us, you may be faced with some decisions that you have to make. Represent Jesus Christ. Represent Jesus Christ in every single circle that you find yourself in, no matter how contrary, no matter how taboo it seems. Be the ambassadors of light that God has called you to be. And we'll see this generation change in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you.